The following is an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. This is the Building a Leadership Culture to Reach Your Destination podcast, hosted by President of Applied Vision Works, Don Hadley, an in-depth look at the four pillars of sustainable success. Hello and welcome as this is the Building a Leadership Culture to Reach Your Destination, a podcast hosted by Don Hadley and his team at Applied Vision Works. Don, we have a special guest joining us today. I'm going to give you the honor of introducing him to the subscribers and what his appearance means for you and, and what you're trying to accomplish here today. So go ahead and take it away, Don. Uh, Jody Phillips at Smith Row is with us today, and I consider Jody, I think we've been working together seven, eight years. I consider him a very good, strong, solid businessman, but he's also a great family man that cares about people, and I consider him a good friend. And I mention that because so often in business, people get into these theoretical approaches or ways of doing things. And what we're going to talk about today is values for self-reliance, but not just values for self-reliance, but I think Jody, the vision team at their company have built a tremendous culture based on very strong values, but the values are very practical. So his appearance on the podcast is really to not have a lot of theory and generalities from me, whatever it is I do for a living, still trying to figure it out, but really more for specifically what's it mean out there in the outside world in a practical point of view. So our audience, if they go on to duplicate it, they can actually uh, go try and duplicate and perhaps uh, steal some of these ideas. But I also think is you can have very, very good people in business, but they aren't good family people and have good values morals that uh, long term doesn't work so I have great respect overall for what he does and what he's accomplished and uh, it's very exciting and I feel honored to be able to interact with him and uh, organizations and teams like he's built. So Jody as you look back over the last seven eight years kind of in terms of where y'all have gone you as a leader your vision team which is the executive team really at the top and your culture what are the things that you guys are most proud of accomplishing in terms of not just jobs you've produced, but everything overall that your culture has done. What are you just most proud of accomplishments? Don, I think the biggest thing that I'm proud of is, is building a, uh, a positive culture at Smith Row with open communication, getting buy-in from the employees, and a family atmosphere. So uh, family is really big to us. And working with you guys over the past several years help us understand it. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with uh, pouring concrete, tying rebar, so forth. But we've got to stop and we've got to recognize what's most important to us. And that's our family at Smith Row. When we hire some someone, we don't want to hire a, a worker. We want to hire a teammate, which is also a member of our family. And we spend more time together as a uh, work family than we do actually with our true families most of the time. But getting people to buy in on that, I'm really pleased with where we've, you know, in the past eight years, we started with, uh, I guess, no idea of what we needed to do as far as our goals and strategic uh, ways of getting there. And now we have a clear pathway of, of where we want to go and how we want to bring our people on board and what type of folks we want to have there at Smith Row. You mentioned values. And I remember 35 years ago as I walked into lobbies of businesses and I'd see a list of values. And I was kind of actually a little cynical, like, gee, I wonder if they really do that. And you mentioned family values, and one of the things I'm most proud of with y'all is, you know, you guys every year, it's coming up here in a couple months, do a picnic for not just the employees, but every employee and their families, you know, all over the southeast where y'all work. And so it's very exciting seeing y'all actually doing it and the hundreds of people that come to it and then watching them interact. And I remember you were telling me earlier about how some of the crews would kind of stay separate 
Yeah, when it, you know, it took us a long time to, to realize this is something we should have done years ago. And uh, we, we never came about to, because geographically, how do you take folks in Wilmington and folks in Hickory and folks in Raleigh and put them all together? Well, we just, we're throwing a, a big, huge family party. Uh, bring your wife, kids, you name it. And it's, it's interesting to see the different divisions uh, when you have the kids who have no clue that daddy works for grading and, <laughs> and, and no clue that other daddy works for bridges. And they're out there playing. And then by midday, you see the two daddies who normally are at opposite ends of the table sitting in the middle of the table conversing or enjoying a glass of tea or you name it. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see how many folks participate. And we're really pleased with where we are with it. I hope it continues to grow. We try to have it uh, the same time that we have a local festival, so there's something to do afterward. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good thing. Well, between the cornhole and the games and the raffles and just, I tell you, I can't tell you how many times I experienced, you know, hearing two people go up to each other, and it might have been the wives of people or, or whoever's work, the employees, saying, hey, it's so good to see you again this year. And it was obvious they hadn't seen each other for a whole year, but the picnic was a chance to kind of reconnect. Well, another thing that we do is instead of catering the event, which we did this past year, but even with a catered event, our vision team and our, the management of Smith Row actually are hands-on. So we're actually serving drinks. We're actually serving the barbecue or, you know, uh, ice cream, what have you. <laughs> uh, so there's a, you know, a personal thank you. And then having that interaction where folks are getting their plate and, uh, you know, the plate's being handed to them by a manager or a the true uh, definition is serving yeah exactly so. exactly and, and that gets a lot of buy-in and it's, it's interesting to uh to see the expressions on folks faces and like gosh i just got a plate from you know <laughs> such and such over here and he's the division manager and he's giving me a plate you know so what are cool. some of your other values and evidence of that and the reason i'm asking is again it's integrity sounds highfalutin to me i'm more interested in what are the behaviors that supports but what are your other values and what are some little pieces you've used tools you've used to kind of get that in place and reinforce it so some of the values that we have at smith row i'll just kind of list them out for you uh, leadership communication accountability appreciation authenticity and optimism what's the toughest one of all those if you had to pick one the toughest one that took you all to get movement on you know i'm, I'm going to say um in 28 years doing highway construction, uh, appreciation. You would think that would be the simplest, but you're always <laughs> yeah. looking at the negative. You know, why did the form blow out? Why did you not move X number of yards of material? You never go up and say, hey, you did a great job today setting girders. You did a great job today cutting a bank down. So how did, did you guys change that dynamic? What was the recipe, if you will? I guess getting... Uh, getting good people on board and we we've we've had some uh folks come in from different organizations uh we we hired a lady as a uh, a true hr director that we never had came from a larger uh, corporate structure uh, our safety director came from a larger corporate structure and that that helped us identify two things number one the need that we had to have these folks that we fought for so many years hey we're, we're not big enough for somebody like that and the second thing is the vision of seeing that we don't want to get into a corporate setting. So that's one reason those folks left corporate America to come to our organization.
attention because they didn't want to be labeled as a number. They wanted to have a name. And uh, that's appreciation right there to, to be able to go in and say, you know, good morning, uh, Don, instead of, good, you know, not even speaking to somebody and their employee number 43, you know. You know, just to put that in perspective, how many people do y'all have working for you at this point? We're running just shy of 350 right now in the so, 340s. So 350, and you have grown tremendously. Yeah. So as I observe y'all, work with y'all, listen to what you're saying right now, you guys have kept that family value atmosphere. You've been able to keep and, and add additional appreciation as you've grown, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Many cases I see, it can actually get a lot worse. Oh, it can. And, and the difficult part about that is when you recruit people into your company, you have to make sure that you're bringing on that right person. You want an A player, a B player. You don't want to be bringing in C's and D's just because you need folks. And getting the right people in the right places is, is a crucial part of bringing in a new employee. And bringing in that self-reliant person will help grow the company. You had mentioned um, there's somebody on your vision team that's a millennial that, that started off kind of in one approach, way of looking at things, transitioned over time. Just tell us a little bit about his journey and kind of what you've seen. And how long has he been with you? I think he's been with us about uh, three years now. Okay, so what, what, where was he before? Where did he end up in terms of his? Worked for a competitor. Okay. A local guy. Had applied at Smith Road before, and I just kind of put it in the file. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll check into him later. Long story short, we, we saw the need for a, a, a new member of management and reached out to the individual, and it, it took a handful of times to, to finally sit down and, and have a face-to-face discussion. But you, you, you take a millennial, especially a college-educated college uh, civil engineer, that uh, has very analytical way of thinking and getting that person to understand the, the whole gamut of what's out there. This individual's done a really good job since we've brought him onto our vision team of understanding people uh, and how to communicate with people and how to grow people. Typically, all we focus in on as engineers is growing production and growing quantities. Uh, we don't look at anything outside of the dynamics of a project. So you saw the potential in him, not just to be a good engineer and production guy, but also to add in the people element, bringing them onto the vision team, sure. to make him more powerful and, and look for motivating people in addition to knowing the logical part of the business. So he now is kind of helping the head and the heart piece of Smith Row is what it really sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And he's actually spearheading one of our larger divisions, if not our largest division. Wow. Doing and a great what's job. the future look like for him? It's I would see uh, this individual as a, a upper management, which he already is to a degree, but uh, one of the key players, uh, an officer in the company in the future. One of the things I've found a lot with career path, and I, you know, we're talking kind of about self-reliance, but I think it's closely linked to career path, is I find a lot of guys in the old days when I was young, I wanted to know I go from this step, this step, this step. It was, it was clear what the steps would be, but there was a path. Part of my sense now is some of the younger generation guys and gals is they're looking for options, um, more flexibility, not so much a very, very specific path. Is that your sense of it, or do you have a different sense of it? Or Well, I agree with you. I think that uh, the biggest challenge that we face today with millennials is uh, entitlement, that uh, you, you bring a new guy in and, and they feel like they're entitled for uh, – for more salary or more benefits or more flexible work hours or whatever the case may be. We've uh, struggled to get the right folks in the right places. And when I say that, you know, we've got uh, 
we've diversified quite a bit as we've grown the company. And it gives the uh, individual a chance to go from maybe a structures division over into a demo division or even into a grading division or utilities. So the career path is there for, you know, a self-reliant person to come in and say, hey, you know, I, I really enjoy structures, but but I want to try something different. So there's we, a lot of learning oh, opportunities yeah, we, through this whole thing. Exactly. And cross-training is really big. Uh, we, we like to cross-train our folks. So if you have a guy on vacation, another guy can come in and take his place. Or if you have an employee that leaves or we ask the employee to leave, that you've, you've got uh, somebody that can fill their spot. And we recently had uh, that happen. We had uh, some folks that are no longer with us, and we had some vacancies and some voids. And, and this group of leaders in our company stepped up to the plate, and we put all the jobs out on the jobs on, on the table, and they divided them up. They said, hey, I'll take this one, you take that one. We'll work together on the third one and uh, try to finish up some of the jobs and some of the voids that were left open. So you bring up something interesting because what I'm hearing now, you know, we talked about a little bit about self-reliance, but you're, what you're doing now is talking about teamwork and collaboration and working together. Sure. And so just to be clear, because sometimes when people hear the word self-reliance, they think, oh, I can do it on my own. I don't need help. And I disagree with that. Okay, so how, you would, know, how do you see it? I think that if if, if, if people, uh, a self-reliant person, uh, would come into the organization and, and help others and uh, take those folks up to their maximum potential, to give them the coaching, teaching, training, to be a, a big brother, so to say, an example. And that's important, especially for the younger folks or even for a more experienced person to, to shadow a less experienced person, regardless of age. It's, it's very important for that to happen. But if you have the right person that has the self-reliance and the motivation and drive, I, I really think the whole group is a, is a better uh, – it's like a football team. You know, the quarterback can't win the game. <laughs> well, what's interesting, too, I know in the meetings that we, we joked about a year ago about having parents for every project. Sure. And then every employee has a parent. We didn't want any orphans. But to me, y'all literally took that and have really begun using that as kind of a culture tool to mold how you guys approach things and, and create self-reliance. Tell us a little bit about that. That's been a, a really good uh, program for us that we assigned uh, each person, each job a, a parent, whether it be a superintendent, a project manager, a division manager, and depending on the size of the project. And, and that person's uh, ultimately responsible for bringing that toddler up and making sure that it, it, we've got everything we need, people, equipment, materials, and that's the point person for that project. So, and typically you would say, well, why don't you have a superintendent or a project manager? And so a project manager typically would do these things, but the difference is there, there's a communication gap sometimes between the project manager and the owner or the project manager and the delivery guy or the project manager and the superintendent. With a parent, the parent comes in, it's kind of like the choir director, and puts it all together. Does this relate to the 3130 rule? I know that seems like it's related to this. That we've well, that parent goes out, and, and I guess the parent would teach uh, the superintendent the 3130 and, and explain to them, you know, exactly why we needed to have uh, the thought process that goes And what is 3130 it. for audience, just so they know? And the 3130 we would actually want the carpenter to think, what do I need for the next three days? Where do I need to be three days from okay. now? And the foreman would uh, have the one. He's like one week. He needs to plan out one week where he needs okay. and, and what materials he may need to have to finish the job. And a 30 is kind of like the superintendent or the project manager, or project coordinator. What needs to happen 30 days from now? Nice. So that way everybody has a little section that they can follow through and hopefully don't leave any gaps. I love that because I tell you, I think some of the best organizations aren't just looking at what's going on right now and working hard. They're planning and looking forward. And a lot of companies that do that find their jobs a lot easier. 
Um, I also think who you're doing the work for feels how much easier it is because they know you're looking ahead having fewer problems. So. Well, and it passes on a little accountability, too, mm-hmm. and some responsibility to, to someone like a lead person who normally may or may not have that. So they feel more of a, a manager, more of a leader. What are some of the themes, if you're looking at the next 180 days, next six months, where are y'all focusing on? Where are you trying to adjust, refine your culture in terms of values, self-reliance, but, but the self-reliance that really creates collaboration, teamwork, not just about themselves. I think that in the next uh, six months, we'll be working to try to get the new employees more acclimated with the older employees. Retention at Smith Row, uh, we, we, from five to 10, we're in really good shape. But, uh, you know, it's the zero to 90 days, zero to 30 day. And are, are we not doing our job coaching, teaching, training, or is it just not a good fit? There's a lot of different uh, scenarios you could run through. But if we could focus in all, a little bit more on what we could do to recruit, retain. I think that would be our biggest thing. Jody, I know that you are participating and your team is participating in our core values challenge. Could you maybe go into that a little bit and talk about how that's helping build your culture as well and helping actually get your culture to where it needs to be in the next six months? Yeah, um, surprisingly, I, I was uh, I was not really 100% bought in on the program. Me as well. Uh, but after, you know, you think about, uh, number one, we're paying folks to build roads and bridges. We're not paying them to, you know, to play on their phone all day. But in a small amount of time, we've gathered a huge community. And what I mean by that, we have a, uh, we own a company in Wilmington, and then we have our corporate base in Mount Airy, and, and we don't really see each other enough and it's it's interesting to see how the folks in Wilmington have stepped up to the plate and uh, by having this core values challenge some of the folks that are quieter in the office have really uh, been outspoken uh, on the core values challenge and giving shout outs to one another so it's it's built that uh, camaraderie the family atmosphere uh, making you want to be there and plus, it's interesting to see uh, the interaction, especially for me as a member of management, looking out uh, at the troops to see who's getting along. And, and wow, I didn't know these two guys I would actually give each other a shout out. It's funny because, you know, you look at something like that, I've heard it called kind of a Facebook sure. for a company. And that Facebook for a company is a great way to create that feel, reinforce those values, but also reinforce the values with actual behaviors and results of kind of what they're doing. So uh, that, to me, is one of the most critical culture pieces we've seen because it's a bottom-up approach versus a top-down. You've heard us talking in our last podcast about stimulating action. And one of my favorite things about this program is that it reverse engineers. We take the actions that you want to receive, and then we build backwards to try to mold people into wanting to create those actions through the interactions. So, you know, we can really tailor it to what specific things we're looking to grow as a team. So one of the podcasts we have upcoming is about smart growth. And so with that smart growth podcast, you know, you guys have grown a lot. You've put a lot of effort into it. Um, I used to get excited when I hear a company was going to grow, but not anymore. It's like, okay, how many people are we going to burn out and kill? Um, how much money are we going to burn? And so just for the next guests that we have as far as smart growth, anything you'd recommend to them with the experience you've had? What were you, 80 employees eight years ago? Oh, we, we, were, we were a little 100? more than that. We were, okay. we we're over 100, but then uh, we've, we've quadrupled in, uh, you know, in the past eight years. Easy. So any recommendations you'd have for smart growth to our listeners? Slow, steady growth. Um, quick quick draw McCraw is not going to win the game Uh, you'll burn yourself out and there'll be uh, a lot of human capital uh, that you'll go through and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, investment that you make as far as money and time but uh, it's well worth it especially if the right people in the right places makes me think of the term uh, go slow to go fast that's right that's 
Jody, the thing I think is most interesting about some of the actions you guys have, and especially speaking to your core values, is that in the actions you have with the picnic and with visiting the sites, you're almost using all your core values in that one approach. You're, as a leader, communicating authentically about appreciation, which in turn is authentic and stimulates the uh, optimism within the company. So I think that's absolutely fantastic that you're able to live those values every single day and really have the uh, full house, if you will, approach to this. Well, I think that's, that's one thing that sets us apart is our vision team and our leadership team are second to none. And, and our folks do uh, express those core values on a daily basis through the company picnic, through site visits, through daily phone calls, emails, interactions. So uh, yeah, as a group, we've done a, a really good job. So uh, let me say if someone out there wants something built that's dirty, nasty, tough, challenging, or if there's a GC looking for a great sub, or if I'm an employee and want to go somewhere where I can not just have a career path and learn, but it's also going to help me in a lot of ways be part of a family. You know, who should they contact, call, whatever? I think the uh, the first thing that folks would want to do is check out our website at smithrow.com. Uh, that's row with an E. Um, it, it, our website shows our diversification and what we're capable of doing in a, a little uh, portfolio of our projects. Uh, or are welcome to call our office at 336-789-8221. Uh, feel free to ask for me, Jody Phillips. I'll be glad to help you any way I can. So any further thoughts you want to leave us with? Wisdom, personally, professionally, anything else? It's a wonderful quote that you happen to have read recently, or whether you know there was a quote that came out many years ago. It says, "There's always one more thing that you can do to increase your odds of success," and uh, I firmly believe in that. Jody, thank you for being with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture to Reach Your Destination podcast, hosted by Don Hadley, owner and president of Applied Vision Works. Any questions, concerns, please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.